fam. All right. Pod four, episode eight. Nets just dropped a tough one. Uh, and I lost my bet of Nets plus 10, of course. Uh, uh, what is it? It's Monday night. Nets down 2-0. A little after 10 on the East Coast. Bam, how you doing? Well, I was just reminded by the uh, good folks on the TNT broadcast that that is not the Nets' eighth straight loss in the playoffs. Right, because they right the two wait because it was the, oh game six and seven of Milwaukee, four in Boston, and then these two. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. I guess they're not counting the playing game as a buffer from last year, but right. Hey, man. I mean, it is what it is, right? Yep. Like they, the Nets have the worst point guard and center in the playoffs. You know, Bridges warts are being magnified. He, you know, he had a good first half the other night. Yep. Quiet yep. second half. Guy can't pass the basketball. He's a bad passer. Uh, I'm assuming teams will pick up on the trend that he goes left every single time and leaves his feet. Yeah, you know, Cam Johnson had a great first half, but yeah, you know, you knew that wasn't gonna. He wasn't going to duplicate that. He wasn't going for 40 or 50. And, you know, Joe Harris couldn't hit a shot. Royce couldn't hit a shot. And Royce was great, but he just, you know, they, they, they couldn't put the ball in the basket. Yeah. I, 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 to be honest, I thought that they had a – I thought minus them getting a little too aggressive on Embiid, which led to some of the open threes. I thought they had a – I thought they had a really smart, good game plan. Like, like I think considering the talent on the team is just – so dramatic, and I think what gets lost, and I, as I interrupt myself, is that like it's not just oh they have Embiid and Harden, two guys who you know are friend who are I mean Embiid's going to win the MVP, and Harden who basically was an All NBA guy for most of the year. It, it's not just that. It's like the Nets don't have a guy besides Bridges who really you can count on game after game to score even the way like Tobias Harris just did today. Like it just. Yeah. And Cam Johnson erupted, and it was great and whatnot. But, like, Tobias Harris gets, like, when he wants to, and when I think he's playing smart, he gets a pretty easy, like, 14 or 16. Like, because he's just big, and he knows how to use his body. Right. Like, he's, he's way overpaid, but he's still a more talented Yeah, right. His, than... his, his contract, he's one of these guys where his contract has now defined him. Uh, he, you know, it's, it's kind of like what happened to Joe Johnson, where Joe Johnson actually with the Nets was good. And I think it became underrated, but the contract just defined him. Like to me, Tobias is a good NBA player. He, but he's obviously exorbitantly overpaid. But like that's not his fault. And like they just have, they just have too many guys that that are just solid NBA contributors. And to be honest, even like a guy like Paul Reed, for example, like I noticed Paul Reed today more than I noticed Claxton. Like. It, it's just it's it's just a it's just a different t- talent stratosphere, and it and and what ends up happening in the playoffs is certain guys, um, certain guys' uh, value is minimized because you end up seeing that certain people can do the same. Sam, hold on one second, are, okay? Yep. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'll, I'll just keep going. You have like, you know, certain people can do. What others can, what other guys can do, they just can't do it on on a night to night basis the same way, and and because of that, the discrepancy it gets minimized, and you end up seeing that some of these guys that that fans are obsessed with just aren't particularly that good. Um, and so with all that said, you know, 
I, I don't know. I just have a, I just have a, I just have a difficult time getting, getting that upset when it's such a talent discrepancy. And look, this as like, as I've been like texting with you guys and whatnot, this isn't football. Like it's just like, it's hard to win a game when you're that out talented. It's just that hard. Yeah. I mean, I caught the end of it, but yeah, you know, just going back to what you said about Tobias Harris, like, He's still better than Royce and Curry and Harris and Finney Smith probably even too. Right. You know, at least in terms of as a scorer. You know, they're just they're, they're outmatched. The strategy worked tonight. You know, I give Gavorn credit. He did bail on it after the first game. You know, it's just at halftime, you have your opponent has 44 points. You have to have a better than a five-point lead. Yep. You know, yeah, that's when you do, knew they were going to lose. Yeah, we said it in the chat, and, you know, it, it took one timeout from Rivers about 40 seconds in. The Sixers kind of woke up, and then from there, it was just like you were hoping for, a, you know, someone to randomly catch fire. Yeah, I just, like, look, at the end of the day, I think, like, everyone keeps on getting, you know, so upset because they're like, oh, well, Maxi was open. Oh, well, this was, like, well, uh, Harris was getting what he wanted. Oh, like, had they lose when Harden wasn't having a good game? It's like, well, they schemed against, you know, Harden and Embiid really, really well. And the right. other guys stepped up, and we, and we and they missed wide-open threes. I mean, how many th- – I mean, Finney Smith missed a couple of backbreakers. Royce missed a couple of backbreakers. I mean, d- did what he generally throughout the entire game minus a short stretch was basically horrendous. Stunk. Absolutely stunk. Yeah, like, really shit the bed in a bad way. Like – like through like wasn't getting people involved wasn't um was taking bad shots like he just was basically doing everything he wasn't supposed to do and his antics are just like something i i can't stomach anymore yeah i i today was the first day like i was actually you know happy originally about him being back and you know i i do like that he's you know just like a quote unquote brooklyn net but um but you know, like his like his constant bitching, and then to then miss the two free throws. Like he kind of is just the guy that that he has to put a put a put up or shut up, and he hasn't been doing anything. He so again, this is where the playoffs are just a different animal, and they they, they expose you. You know, he he's not even getting other guys' shots. His lob passes are absolutely horrendous. Horrible. He got bailed out on that one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know he. Uh, did he complete one tonight? I don't think so. No. Well, Claxton also like barely played. Right. Uh, yeah, I'm assuming. Look, Gimwitty is hurting Clax's output, but yeah. At the same time, like, what does he bring to the floor? He's like a sub 200 pound center. Uh, yeah. Right. I mean, look, it's clear. It's clear that this is just not. This is just not a a, a Claxton series, and you know. They're doing actually the one thing that I feel like in a net season where I've been wrong about a million things. I, uh, I, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely happy to see. Um, I'm really, really, really happy to see that you know they're actually using Royce the way I kind of think that he should be used in this part of his career, which is basically like he's a he's sturdy. Uh, guy who like can guard against some of these bigger more physical centers yeah well right so his thing was he was he's able to to uh keep him from backing him down pre-pass and then when they try to get it to 
and B, he was doing a good job of like staying in front of him, like shading. You know, when I was in college, I'm not even five nine. I, I we played the team with a seven footer. We had mismatches everywhere. You know, it's D three seven footer. He wasn't great. I guarded him because I could stay in front of him. They weren't able to, you know, they, yep. they were at the door over the top. It was the same strategy. He used his quickness, and and he he frustrated him. They just they just couldn't put the ball in the fucking back. It, it's really as simple as that. Yeah, and they don't have the talent to do so. Yep, I mean they 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 missed open they missed open shots, and this was the game that like like I personally think they're going to get annihilated in game in in game three and probably four. Um, God, I, I, I think they'll have a spirited effort in game three. I, these are guys that have. You know, one at you know, to some extent in this league, I think they'll play hard. But unless like Harris um, and some of these other guys hit shots, maybe they shoot a little better on their home floor. They're just not going to be able to keep up over four quarters, right? No, it is also that's kind of like, their stars are a little bit immature. They, they they may take their foot off the pedal a little bit. I mean, frankly, yeah. I didn't think they played all that hard in game one and they're still able to keep the Nets at bay. Yeah, I, I, my, like, I think it, it, it's just funny. I just, like, you know, I'm, 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 I have an emotional, emotional response to this game because I'm seeing a lot of people on Twitter kind of taking victory laps about how the roster is flawed and how Jock Vaughn didn't, like, coach that great of a game. It's like they've had this team for 20 – they've had this team for 24 games or whatever it was, 11 and 13 plus the two playoff games. Like they, for 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 all the for all the um, excuses that all these other teams are getting, who like the Suns, for example, where it's like, oh, they're still working through things, whatever. It's like this team's been together for twenty four games. They uh, are a bunch of guys who probably know because I think that we all know that um, that psycho like psychology plays a big role. They all know that there's a chance that none of them are going to be here next year. So this is just a weird hodgepodge of passerby guys right. and they're playing their ass off against a team that like is eons more talented that has a huge uh a chip on their shoulder trying to win a title this year i'm just like it's hard for me to get that you know uh emotional about uh about them losing especially when like i think they're kind of doing as like well as they can be doing i mean Sam, I, I can sum it up you don't believe I don't believe. I don't and, believe and, and, either. And I don't so think, I'm not even like. Even when they were going doing well, like I'm almost forcing the excited energy. I'm like trying to get myself into it. You know, I'm watching with my dad and my brother. I'm like, come on, win this game. You know, make the Thursday night game have some juice. Saturday at one o'clock, like maybe I'll go to the game. You know, you know if they win Thursday, I probably would wind up going Saturday anyway. But it's just like they. It's this isn't a team that they built to go to war with. They built this team to pivot with and you know unfortunately for them their pivot started you know beyond midseason and in the middle of the playoff race look if they were down if they were down 2-0 to the Cavs or the Knicks or like or you know the, I mean the the Hawks or whatever in a series then I understand being irate because those are just teams that shouldn't be up 2-0 and shouldn't be winning two straight games by double digits but like I mean, I mean, there's everyone the entire year has basically been saying that the three best teams in the league are 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 the top three teams in the East. Like, especially given like Denver's up and down nature. Like, these three teams are are really fucking good, and 
like the, the, the Sixers could have been a one or a two seed if it wasn't for, you know, Harden and Maxi each missing a month. Like they're like, they're, they're a really, really, really good team. Like Maury put together a really good roster. Some of their smaller like acquisitions have been really good. Melton is a really good player. Having Melton out of there instead of like Milton, for example, and like using Paul Reed now instead of, you know, DeAndre Jordan or Harold makes a difference. Like having PJ Tucker out there as a fifth guy with all the rebounds and stuff. And PJ Tucker shot horrendously today. Like they, they, they go eight deep for the playoffs, which really like helps. I mean, do the Nets go like three deep? Like No. <laughs> I mean, the bench is just, the Nets made a four for two trade, right? They got four starter slash rotation players back in the trades and they still have no depth. Right. I mean, look, for everyone like listening that thinks that they should be, you know, doing better. Like if, if Claxton was on the Sixers, like how many minutes is Claxton playing? They would have traded, they would have traded him for someone else. Right. Like if Dinwiddie was on the Sixers, he's not starting. Like he, and, and honestly, I think for what they do, Melton helps them more. Melton's like a, is a three and D guy. They don't need like what Spencer brings. Like everyone's just too far up on the depth chart. You know they got to push guys down, right? They need to they need to get their best player with this group. They don't have that. They don't have a guy capable of being the best player on a team that can win a series. Yeah, look, I mean, I got I got a a text immediately after the game from my dad, who like your dad, you know, has been with the team for <laughs> for, for 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 a very long time, dating back to Long Island Nets. And he said, like, this team needs a point guard. Like, you can't have right. Dinwiddie, like, doing everything. Yeah, he doesn't He doesn't get into the he's, – he's not as fast as he used to be. No. You know, I'm watching some of these breaks. It's like – and this isn't just the Nets. It's like league-wide. I'd be like, nobody sprints. Like, remember, like, Jefferson? and Those guys sprinted up the floor in transition. Yep. Like, these teams, like, are in between a jog and a sprint. And, like, that's usually faster than what the defense does to get back. But, you know, even times, like, there was a stretch in that uh, – third quarter where it might have been even early in the fourth it was still a four or five point game and Philly in a two possession span took like eight shots like they got stopped they, 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 they can't rebound Bridges doesn't really rebound Johnson doesn't really rebound Finney Smith doesn't really rebound Dinwiddie doesn't really rebound Claxton like doesn't really play and <laughs> even when he does like a lot of times he's contesting shots he's not like a great rebounder they haven't been a good rebounding team since uh, Garnett is uh once like one season, right? The, the Toronto, like he he was a glass cleaner, you know. And other guys chipped in, you know. Reggie Evans, like they, Reggie, yeah, they, they, they just don't rebound, and you know they'll have to address those things. But for now, this is what they have. Like, you know what? You might as well give it a crack. See what happens if you give Cam Thomas some minutes in the next game. Like, yeah, I not? think uh, Vaughn was just. I'm on Twitter, and Vaughn was just asked that. He he basically said like. If I felt that they were, if we were struggling to get looks, maybe I would do that. But we got like kind of the looks we wanted. We just didn't hit. Right. But you know what? You do need somebody that can get their own. And he may do it at the detriment of others. But yeah. for, some, for some spurts there, I mean, you can't tell me that Joe Harris is bringing more to the table. You can't. Yeah. I mean, and, and if, if you really don't want to play Cam, then go to Utah. Yeah, yeah, I, I mean, a hundred. I mean, the the two guys, the two guys who jumped out at me that should have been in this game was like, there's basically considering that Harris isn't sh- like, I know he had a good shooting year, but like he just looks so fragile on the court. I just don't see why Sumner doesn't play. 
Like he's athletic. He can kind of match the speed that like the Maxis and the Meltons of the world are bringing to the table. And then, yeah, like I would put in like a guy like Yuta for just shooting. If you're, if you want to put, like play Harris, like, and I mean, and we also saw today, like even you see kind of the up and downs. And, and as you know, I, I really like the guy and you were spot on on him. You really saw today the ups and downs of having Seth Curry because for whatever he brings offensively, he was just getting torched like on the, on the other end. Right. But you know what? He at least had a pulse on offense. He did. No, I mean, he and he, it, well, the one thing that you got to give to Seth, which is why I always think that he can play in the playoffs, even though he is such a liability, is that he he's really not scared of the moment. Like, no, he don't give a fuck. No, yeah, like he has the Curry swag. Like he talks to the other team's bench. He's talking to MB during the game. Like it's clear that nothing really phases him. He's also been in the league his whole life. Yeah, <laughs> like he, this isn't something that really phases him here. Yeah. So, so I gotta lower this volume on the TV. Hold on. No, you're good. So it's, it sounds like you're actually expecting a, a more competitive performance Thursday. I'm very nervous about Thursday. I mean, I don't expect it to be like great, but I I, I don't think they'll lay it down and die, and I don't think Philly has the killer instinct to gut them either. Yeah, I I also I mean, what will be interesting is how will Philly react to um how will Philly react to like uh how Boston plays against Atlanta like in game two because I do think that Philly seems like a team that probably is looking over their shoulder because they don't have enough confidence in themselves and I wonder if they like if they see oh man Curry just got hurt oh really uh he got back in the play all right he he looked like he was limping down and falling um I you know, Philly, you know, Harden might go crazy in Brooklyn for a night or something. Party. <laughs> yeah, it's true. That's always a possibility. Do you think – what do you think is the reception that Harden gets on Thursday? We'll get booed, like, the first, like, six or seven possessions until the crowd loses steam. Yeah. We, don't, we just don't have that kind of crowd. Yeah. I just – I mean, I hope he – because now there's, you know, there's a bit of, like, a – not not a total like I don't want to say revisionist history, but there is a level of Met fans who have zero animosity towards him. Not even like you who said like, look, he sniffed what was wrong in the building, which he definitely did. But there are people who are like, I love the guy, like he's still one of us, whatever. Which that I hope he doesn't get. Like he can't be one of us. He's played like fifty games. Right, exactly. That I hope he just doesn't get cheered. <laughs> right. Yeah. He, he, I mean, the, I'm sure there'll be a lot of Philly fans there. The tickets are cheap. I know. I saw that the tickets are unbelievably cheap. You know, it's just why would you go to the game? <laughs> it's, you know, why would you go and spend good money on it? It's just they, they don't have a chance. They, just, they don't have a chance to win the series. And I said this to you uh, the other day. There's, there's a time and a place for being that kind of team. And I'm just, I, I don't think the fan base is at that point right now where they're, like, they're excited to just be there. No, because, right, because this, I mean, and, and to, to be honest, nor should they be. I mean, the expectations to start the year weren't that. And to be honest, they don't have a team that's made up of guys that are so young that you should be happy. Like, right. It's it's not fun watching Dinwiddie and DFS and even Royce, is, you know, as well as he's played and stuff tonight. Like, you know, you just, <laughs> I don't want to watch Royce O'Neal as one of, like, the three. He's probably the third best player on the floor tonight for the Nets. Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things where, look, I mean, we're we're 
being a dead horse to a certain extent in that, like, it'll be very interesting to see what happens this summer because the team is obviously doesn't control its own pick. So it's hard to, you know, have a, have a full rebuild plan. Uh, and, 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 and at the same time, you know, they, they have assets to trade, but like how many assets do they want to give up? What do they want to do? What's the angle they have? They have guys who are young, but they have playoff experience that aren't really that young. I just, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a weird, weird, weird group. And, and I, and I just don't know. I mean, on, on top of the fact that look, they have to resign Cam Johnson whether he's part of the long-term plans or not, they just have to. Yeah, he's, um, he's an asset that they're going to have to keep. And so, like, but I don't know. Like, but also, like, if you told me that almost all, like all these guys were back next year, I wouldn't be that surprised. I just have I have no feel about about them. Well, it just may not be as easy to move them as, as you, you you think, or to get somebody else. But and that's we'll be we'll talk about that ad nauseum for a while. Let's just enjoy this Kings game. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. All right. Have a good night, buddy. Quick episode, Popcorn episode eight. See you guys.